Well, great to be back with another deep dive here with you, Dean. And uh, we're going to be getting into uh, a brand new series that we're looking at here at True North called Party Theology. And this is something we're really excited about, having some fun with, thinking about what does it mean for us as the, the people of God to engage with this idea of being being the life of the party, carrying joy. So, Dean, why don't you give us a bit of a, a bit of an insight into this series, where this idea came from, uh, and, and what gets you passionate about this idea for the church? Yeah, I think it's a great thing to look at. Now, to be honest as well, though, I don't really, you know, I, I don't know if we need to be the life of the party or not, or, you know, if you're, uh, you know, a person is like, I don't know if that's me. To me, the... I think it's a great biblical theme to explore um, because it's actually so central to um, the scriptures, parties, banquets, festivals, feasting. Um, And so I think in terms of where it comes from, I've just always wanted to kind of spend some time thinking about the role that festivals play. well, not the, I'd love to just sit and actually like study all the festivals. I don't th- know that we'll do that. Or maybe we can do that on here one day and just kind of look through when you look at whether it's the Old Testament festivals, the feasts, even the sheer reality that Sabbath is almost like a once a week mandated um, party is probably the wrong word for Sabbath. But nevertheless, it's a very joy filled time, you know, even when you experience it now. So, um all that say, I, I just think to stop and look at, and then uh, obviously the scriptures all culminate in what, you know, we call the wedding supper of the lamb. And that's, um, you know, this picture out of the book of Revelation that is a good picture, but ultimately what it's a picture of is, is a, it's a feast. It's a banquet. It's a, it's a party. And then you look at the life of Christ and Jesus, you know, and, and we'll dive in as we go. At one point, he's accused of being a, a glutton and a drunkard and, uh, of which he was neither, of course, but it says something to the rhythm of his life. And we always find him around tables, eating, uh, with people. We find him at festivals, at feasts. We just see this was a regular part of his, his life. Um, and so I love the thought of just kind of going, and when he reaches for teaching about what the kingdom of God is like and what it's all about, you see him so often reach for the image of a festival and often a um, a wedding festival, a wedding celebration, a wedding banquet. Um, and so that, to me, the, looking at this kind of, wow, it's this huge theme all across the scriptures. Um and I remember years and years and years ago hearing the phrase party theology from Erwin McManus at Mosaic and, um, you know, and just always, you know, thinking like, you know, how do we kind of drill down on like parties are important in the scriptures and that's everything from how the kingdom of God is pictured to life and practice. Um, and so I, I love the thought of just going, yeah, what are all the different ways this actually has application into how we live today. So all that's to say, that's kind of the backdrop for me, why I thought it'd be fun to spend a few weeks diving into various pictures of banquets, feasts, and parties in the scriptures. Yeah, it certainly sounds like a fun idea. 
and uh, and I guess we we got started through our Sunday services this week and and looking at one of these really cool spaces when you talk about you know the experience of Jesus and being present uh, being present in parties in places of joy and celebration and uh, there's something to me that's just so striking one of the, the I guess the the pictures that a lot of us would have as New Testament readers would be this this whole idea of Jesus being present at a wedding banquet and water being turned into wine and 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 something so cool and really notable that one of the first ways that Jesus reveals his glory as the Messiah is by turning water into wine in the context of a party around a wedding celebration. Like I think even as you, you've looked at those those pictures in scripture about the significance of these, this is something we've actually got to take note of. The first of the, I guess, the, the seven signs that we sometimes talk about in the Gospel of John, it, this is it. Jesus right in the middle of a party. He's not there, it seems, in the, the capacity of a teacher or a rabbi. He's there because it's family or friends. He's an invited guest at the center of this party and here he is turning water into wine. And there's just something so striking about that picture that this is the first way that Jesus reveals his glory uh, in this setting and I just love that and I guess for, for us, this is where, where we started in this picture here. And one of the things that, that I actually love about this and when we think about the, you know, when we kind of experience our own weddings, we've got a, a set paradigm of what a wedding ceremony looks like, what the reception attached to that looks like. And of course, in the world that Jesus lived in, there were some similarities, but there were also some differences. And the, and the, and the picture of abundance you get around these weddings in the, the day of Jesus being more like these more week-long festivals of celebration. You know, that's one of the things I love about and I think it's so good to go, okay, um, you know, when you go to these week-long celebrations, you think about that culture and you think about even today, if you were in um, kind of anywhere in that Mediterranean region of the world, like, so, you know, you picture like a, a feast and a banquet or a wedding reception in somewhere like Italy or Greece, or uh, of course, you know, Israel there on the Mediterranean, everywhere through there, you're like, man, those people know how to do parties. And I think like, I think it's so cool then when you picture Jesus at a festival or at a wedding celebration like that, I think that's one of the things I do get so excited about this, these pictures of, is there such a, such a, you know, what does it mean to be human? Like reality to this and, and Jesus entering into the human experience. And it's so, um, you know, it's so earthy and tangible. And so even as we start to just think about, you know, like the water into wine and a day, you know, the kind of wedding receptions that go for days or, you know, what, I, I just think there's something so incredible. And so even when you engage with like that story and read it and you put yourself there and think about what does it mean to be human? You know, and going like, this is such a big part of what God created us for. And we can all get real functional. Sometimes our theology makes us really functional, you know, like, man, what do we need to know? And what do we need to do? And what's God want to make sure I get right? But like party theology and Jesus life and practice, you just like, there's these elements that just, I think are like, God's like, man, I made, you know, I made this place. And I made it to be abundant and I made it to be joyful and and parties should have a significant place in our life as they did in Jesus' life. But I think as well, it's like, man, we're just not always, we're not always great at them. It's so funny. I, th- I was thinking as you were talking there about like my own wedding reception and like, 
and wedding reception is very different in the U.S. versus Australia, where where we are here, of course. Like it's just kind of a different vibe. Um, but you know, like we we had an awesome reception. But you know, like I was you're just like conscious of like, well, I remember we had ours like at seven at night, so we can't afford to feed people dinner. <laughs> you know, we were like, you know, I was a seminary student, Lisa was teaching, and it was like, you know, how do we just you know, get, it was beautiful and beautiful night. And we had like a lovely kind of, you know, what we'd call supper here. But like, you know, we, it never entered our mind to be like, how could we create like three days of celebration with all our family and friends? And I think like some of these pictures, I think should just remind us like, man, there's just an element of joy and celebration that like, man, in Jesus world and context, they get right. And certain cultures around the world are better at than others. Um, and I think the wa- you know the water to wine's a cool kind of entry into thinking about that. Yeah, I, I love that phrase that you use there, moving from like a functional theology, because that there's something about that that doesn't seem particularly appealing. Like, yeah, have, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. got a well thought through functional theology, or I can have a, a relationship of joy with my Creator. Hey, and I love that picture. It reminds me of a of a, a story I read this week around C.S. Lewis and actually his experience coming to faith. So as a, as a young writer, he formed a, a group in Oxford called the the Inkling Suite, which some of you may have heard of before with two other- I had an Inkling, that was the name. An of oh, sorry, I couldn't <laughs> resist. I'm sorry, that, Actually, was, that was terrible. No, no, that was solid, that was solid. So so it's three three young authors. You've got C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, and another guy called um, Hugo Dyson, who was more of a, a researcher and a, a you know, more of an academic. Do you think he was bitter about that reality? Well, like, look, I mean, possibly. Yeah, amongst that group, you have <laughs> two of the titans of literature of the 21st century and this guy that we kind of remember his way. name. <laughs> but, but anyway, so they they formed this this group. They discussed literature as they're, they're writing, they're reading. And it turns out that uh, J.R. Tolkien and this other guy, Hugo Dyson, they're both people of faith. They've got that kind of joy in who they understand Jesus to be. And C.S. Lewis, up to this point, he's kind of been on a, a journey of this tension of what does it mean to know God, what's faith, what's religion. But through all of that, he's, he talks about how he finds joy in these stories and and I guess what they would that the other two would describe as pagan mythology around sacrifice and that C.S. Lewis found incredible joy both reading those stories and also writing those same kind of stories. And one of the nights as they were sitting around, possibly around Brandy and discussing different works of literature, one of the the other two young authors posed the question to C.S. Lewis, you, you find all this joy in these stories of sacrifice. You see and create these pictures of joy telling these stories of sacrifice and just pose the question, how can you not see the joy in the story of God's sacrificial love expressed in Jesus and uh, and C.S. Lewis talks about this moment as that being the moment that the penny dropped that it's not about a functional theology around our connection with God but it's about this joyful revelation that there's a God who sacrificially gave of himself so that I can enter into relationship with him and I love I love that that move from you know, functional theology, what does this mean? Well, how does it work? How does it fit together? To this is what God has done on my behalf. And there is joy in that. Yeah, you know, I mean, in that, I think was, is that, that's where is it is kind of autobiography surprised by joy and yeah, how that exactly. kind of creeped yeah, in. Yeah. I think you're right. That is such an awesome um, picture. I always dreamt of like, man, I'd like to 
have a group like that, the Inklings. I don't know what a good name would be for it, but when I first went to seminary and I was like, I, don't, I, I, I didn't really want to be a pastor. I felt God was calling me to something and I wanted to be a professor. And mostly what I wanted was just to have that group, <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. to sit somewhere and, uh, and Perhaps sit. land on a more masculine name for your group. The Inklings, I know, yeah, that doesn't really feel like quite gets it. I don't know, but you're like, well, Tolkien to call whatever you want, right? So nah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what a group. Yeah, but I love that. I think it, I, I think it, that is that is such a great picture of how, um, you know, faith, I think, is meant to be a lot more relational, joy-filled, you know, theology. And we think about what's deep theology and what's deep, um, but you're like, the things that take you deep into human connection enjoy and the enjoyment of life you know i mean i just think even like that picture like they weren't sitting around like you know having only celery juice now i don't have a problem with celery juice i'm actually drinking a lot of i'm fine it's really helped but you know what i mean like they're they're enjoying a, a glass right. of brandy you know gk chesterton used to have this he has a great i'll probably get the quote wrong but he has this great kind of little speaking about um and he was friends with those guys maybe not an inkling himself but he was like but he just talks about how the experience of God through all the, the joys of life and like brandy, but we also give thanks to God by not having too much of it, you know? And just how do you enjoy God's creation in this way that honors him? And, you know, I think is a whole another layer to it. I know it's kind of random, but. Yeah, yeah. G.K. Chesterton, another guy with two initials, so it must have been a stud. So, mm, that's you know. right, one of the prerequisites of solid authorship. Like to, what could we, what's your middle name? Matthew. P.M. Ingham. P.M. Ingham. Other than the Ingham, it sounds somewhat no, I academic. Think, I but think P.M. Ingham. P. Yeah, you know, and, and then you could play with the P.M. and you could have like a tagline like, after dark. Or, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> lights so, out. We, we, <laughs> lights we, out with P.M. Ingham. <laughs> <laughs> we can workshop that. I'll, uh, uh, I'll be there. So, so on, this, on this whole joy front, one of the things that, that I love uh, in this picture, that one of the the symbols of the the wedding celebration and the festival, that the the wine was so fundamentally connected to that, and and, and you know we can think of different spaces where you could have a, a similar reality, like something like a you imagine a great sporting contest and the crowd that's there. So if you imagine the two greatest basketball teams facing off against each other, seeing this incredible competition, and ninety five Bulls versus twenty fifteen Cavaliers. Come if on, I was thinking Jordan two greatest. Scores. No, no, 2015 Cavs. Oh, so 2015. Go, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking yeah. 95. Yeah, yeah. No, LeBron's. It's, it's a nicer time for me, 95. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but this kind of picture for for those kind of moments, you imagine those kind of games with just zero crowd, and there's just something there that like, no, that doesn't work. That's not what that moment is like, and and that's really what wine was to these wedding celebrations. It was just a fundamental part of that cultural expression of joy and and one of the things that inevitably would happen over that that time of feasting the the wine would run out is exactly what happens in this story in john chapter 2 and it was almost like that that moment was an indication that the time for partying is coming to an end it wasn't so much of a you know social faux pas but but in all those things we run out of resources the wine's running low time to kind of wrap things up we'll start heading back home and then here's what i love in the detail that that john gives in this passage is that jesus takes these six stone jars and and scripture tells us that i forget what it is in gallons but it works out to be about 450 liters like that is an insane amount of wine and, and this is what i love just 
thinking about the the people response at that party. The words starting to get out. Okay, we're running low on wine. Time to wrap things up. Time for joys coming to an end. And then all of a sudden, there's this brand new provision of 450 liters of wine. And you just imagine that the response and the mood change amongst that group that were like, it's like, okay. Time to wrap things up. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> okay, time for day four, day five, day six. And and just the turnaround captured in that expression of joy. That's that's amazing. Now, was it a days-long wedding that Jesus would have been at? I'm, I'm you know, that, not yeah, familiar that, with it at the moment. With this thing of being stretching for days. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the picture yeah. that, that most kind of commentators yeah. look at this passage that, that almost definitely this would be stretched over yeah, days, awesome. different guests coming, traveling from different parts of the region to join in the celebration as the, the days went by. Um, yeah, and, and then it's a and picture. Just of, a, I mean, that's an awesome picture of like, you know, I was trying to think of any – any party I've been at, or even like a, you know, if you're watching a big game and you'd be like, wow, game's over, but where it's then somebody's like, check out all those snacks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's just a cool picture. Like, oh man, how yeah. amazing is this? Wow. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love that picture. And then and then you think think a little bit deeper around that, like what is Jesus revealing about himself mm. through that, I guess, social expression mm. of what, what's changed in the immediate context of the people at that party shifting from like, to come on. And then what, what Jesus is communicating as he reveals his glory, what is he saying about how faith works, what it means to be connected in joyful relationship with God, what has been, what is now coming in me. Mm. And just that picture of the the radical shift from mm. kind of functional but it's time to come to an end to being just overwhelmed by the abundance of joy provided in Jesus. Yeah, you know, I think that picture, you know, um that overabundance of joy, like how, you know, how much do we all need that picture of this is, you know, who God is and and where he's where he's taking it. I think it's um you know, the talk as well about the law of first sometimes of what's important in scripture the first time it's mentioned or you know certain things carry a priority the law of first mentioned sometimes called when reading it and to think that this is the first sign you know that john and he can choose and john says you know i can choose from so much stuff he did it could fill books but he's like i'm choosing this is the first thing the first one i'm going to picture for you that you need to catch about jesus and about who he is and what he's come for this picture of joy and abundance and i love those you know the snapshots of how much that is you know 450 liters you know i mean i i don't even know what liters are still it's just gallons <laughs> to me but no just kidding i mean that's just ah over abundance above and beyond and i think you know we'd all do well to wrap some of that into our theology of who we imagine god is and where he's taking us and the life he has for us it's like you you know it's like you said you know how you know unattractive at times our our theology could become or our practice of it we've got jesus who's doing stuff like this and entering these very human moments and joy filled and overabundance and kind of yeah it's all wrapping up and then boom no you know <laughs> party's on and i think you know how uh we're his followers and are we are we known for that kind of joy you know i've rest up my own life do i live with that kind of joy because I think that's attractive. You know, this is the other thing I think about like party theology is, you know, parties and joy are invitational and they're magnetic. And that's the kind of guy Jesus was. That's why everybody wanted to be around him, you know, um, and why you found him so often at, at tables and meals and, and banquets, these 
spaces. And I think, do we incorporate this? Does that, does that theology, is this getting into our theology? Because whatever gets into our theology will work its way into our practice. You know, and I think sometimes we, if we miss this stuff, we gloss over it. If we think the miracle was only that he turned the water into wine and miss that the big significance is the restoration of joy, as you pictured it so well for us, is the picture of like, this is this is me, this is what I'm coming to bring. You know, I love as well, C.S. Lewis in his book, Miracles, one of the things I love that he talks about with that particular miracle is also how... Um, the nature of the miracles Jesus does, you know, he doesn't turn, he won't turn rocks into bread. He doesn't, you know, do things that almost kind of break with his created design. Um, but he turns water into wine. And in, a, in one sense, God every day turns water into wine. The rains come from the heavens, they go into the soil, out through the roots, produce the grapes that get crushed. And so, in some sense, God's always turning water into wine. Um, but in this moment, he short circuits the process in an instant, reveals himself as creator, and in this particular moment, shows something of who he is and what he's doing, the abundance, the picture of joy, all that it meant. Um, and I think, you know, I, I find a challenge then as well, you know, how do I live into these miracles as well every day, what God's doing, you know, because he's still turning water into wine. He's still doing what he did. Um, and how do you now live in a world that's alive with that joy and alive with the realities of God at work and the creation he's made and the beauty of tables and food and dancing and feasts and weddings, um, you know, living into that joy because it is abundant, you know, and it's here. Yeah, that's right. And to, to be the people, and I guess this is where this idea of party theology wraps this whole idea up, is how do we be the people that carry that expression of joy in who we are in our faith, mm -hmm. that it's not something ancillary that people sometimes get a glimpse of, but it's actually the core of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So that when people, and one of one of the pictures that, that I'm convicted of in my life is that when someone not of faith, someone not not familiar with church or these kind of stories when they look at my life do they see a picture of joy or do they see a life lived that's kind of running low <laughs> on joy mm -hmm. and i think the the great uh, great the great encouragement to me is what it means to to carry this same new wine of christ is to say what what is that picture in my life of carrying the abundance of the joy of Jesus. And I love that as a, as a framework as we continue to wrestle with our own theology, our own outworking, like you said, that as that forms practice in our life, to be to be the kind of people that live out of that new wine and to find expressions of that and and to be encouraged by that that picture of Jesus and who he is and how he operates throughout what we see of him in the Gospels. Yeah, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. It's good. I like it. This is fun. I, I like this one. Yeah, this was fun. It's good. Yeah. Well, well, we'll wrap things up for today and we'll continue the, the deep dive. We're going to be back for this next week. Yeah. That sounds yeah. good, right? Keep on diving on party theology. A lot there to explore, you know, a lot there. Awesome. All right. So we had a lot of fun continuing the conversation around party theology. And as we continue to have these deep dives, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions around the content being presented, we'd love to be able to engage with that. So please uh, send us a message through YouTube, Facebook, get in contact with us. And we'd love to answer any questions that you have as we continue what's going to be a great series in party theology here at True North Online. <laughs>